Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Wright. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Connection with Brian and Nicole. And we are so glad that you're joining us today. And uh, we would like to connect with you. And you can do that at connectionshow.org. Uh, please go there and uh, comment, send us a question, uh, send us a prayer request. You can see episodes uh, that have already passed. You can go back and review different series of episodes. And you can also subscribe and uh, get emails and get included every time a new one comes out. And we'd love to uh, connect with you there. So visit us there at connectionshow.org. And we have been talking, this is, I believe, episode 35, and uh, this is part five, not Grace Makes Part 35. <laughs> the, the, That's uh, what it's no. like, my goodness, Grace Makes Part 5, and uh, we have been talking about grace. Uh, not every angle of grace and not defining everything, but the fact that grace has been provided mm -hmm. by Jesus Christ, and we partner with God by applying faith towards that grace. That's exactly what happens when somebody comes to know God and receives eternal life is he has made grace available. They by faith believe on Jesus and they partake of that grace. That's the beginning of their partnership with the creator of the universe, God himself, and he is such a good, good father. And he wants, if you don't know him, he wants to be a good daddy and a good father to you. And you can have that simply by accepting Christ. Yeah. Uh, today you don't have to wait you can pause this stop this and come back to it just go and pray uh, Jesus I just claim you I confess you you are the Lord yeah. of my life I believe that God raised you up from the dead after you died for me and I believe that God brought you back to life and I now am being brought to life through Jesus with the Father right now in Jesus name so just pray that prayer accept him even if you've done that before accept his grace fresh today yeah. his mercy is new every single day of your life every morning when you wake up there's a mercy that's poured out for you and his promises towards you every good thing that he has promised you he says look this is the way I respond when you ask me yes I'll do it that's his grace let's partake of his grace uh, through faith and last week we were talking about resting in God yeah. and we're going to talk a little bit more about that and then talk about another couple of uh, points there but let's let's jump right into resting in his grace so go ahead go ahead <laughs> um well we were talking about just to kind of touch on what we talked about last week in case you this is the first time you're joining us what we mentioned was Hebrews 4.11 says, Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same, the same example of disobedience. We have to rest in him knowing that he has provided, his grace has provided everything yes. we need. You know, we read about he's provided all sufficiency, everything in abundance for every good deed. Yes. You know, the reason he provides for us is just what that says, is so that no one will fall through our example. You know, so he's provided everything that we need in abundance, both for us and through us. Yeah, so that everything that we do can be an example to others 
and can flow to others, yes. be it, you know, something tangible or an action. And we just have yes. to rest knowing that our Father has provided everything that we need, not just the tangible. That's right. But knowing that, you know, in the day and age that we're in, there's an answer. And it's God. The reason we don't see our answers is because we don't rest. We try to work to manufacture it, to make it, you know, to manifest it. And the way it manifests is through our faith, through yes. our resting in God, saying, you know what? My faith is that God has already made this available to me. Yes. It's there. Just because I may not see it right at this moment doesn't mean that it's not been created for me. Yes. I am resting and knowing that my father loves me enough and has already told me that he's made all sufficiency for all good works. Yes. He, my, my father has already said, I've done it. Yeah. It is there. And so I can just rest. I may not understand his ways. I may not understand his timing. But faith says, although I don't know the what's or the how's, I know who. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Yeah. So Amen. I'm going to rest in him That's and I'm going statement. to trust that he's got me. Amen. That's a huge, huge statement. Is even though I don't know the hows or the whys or all of the details, yeah, I know the I who. I know the who. And that's yeah. When you know your, when you know your father, yeah, and his love for you, everything else is subject to that. It actually shows us time and time again in the New Testament that knowledge of who he actually is solves problems. Yeah. You see that all over the place in the New Testament that we may know him, that you may uh, have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You <laughs> see it time and time again that we just need to get to know him more. Uh, in First John 4 it says this, it says that those who do not love do not know him. Yeah. You know, they don't know him. That, that's a huge statement. So they're not operating in a relationship and a fellowship with him. They don't fully grasp. And, and I've said this before at the church. Every problem that we have literally comes out of a lack of knowledge about him. Yeah. Uh, it really comes down to that. Once you get to know him and you've tasted of him in First Peter chapter 2, it says that you have tasted that he is good mm -hmm. and when you really get a revelation of how good he is I'm not going to tell you that all your problems are, are all gone because we have some stuff that's wrapped up and buried deep within our corrupted flesh that you probably need to take some time to have that stuff work it you know have the grace of God to help mm -hmm. you work that stuff out but that's the beginning of solving all your problems is when you really get a revelation of just how much he loves you yeah. how good he is and literally how much grace he's already given to you, that right there will start you on a path that will change everything for the good in your life because you're moving towards, when you get a revelation of that, you're literally moving towards him who is love and who is good. So it moves you and your life on that path of grace mm -hmm. towards him, towards that good place. And that that's really what... God is so awesome and so good. And one of the biggest things that the devil does is, and you've probably experienced this too, one of the biggest things that the devil does is he tells people lies about the goodness of God and about his grace. And so he has them thinking that he's an awful person, yeah. that he's bad. And so they believe that over how many accounts do we have about how good he is 
And so they lived their life never tasting of the grace of God. And it's a tragedy, really, because God is so good. And he wants to be good in your life right now. Like, he does not want to wait. He's not waiting for you to get all your stuff together. He already said that when he came, when you were all messed up. I was all messed up when he came for me. And that's what I needed. So, you know, one of the things you were talking about, uh, talking about rest was while you were talking, I was thinking about the prodigal son, mm-hmm. not the prodigal son himself, the older brother. Right. So here was the older brother working, 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 and he tells his dad, look, I've worked for you. I've done all this stuff all this time. You've never given me a party. And the dad responds this way. who represents God. He says, everything I have is yours. In other words, you could have had it at any time. You probably could have had a party at any time if he would have. He didn't know his own father's heart. All he had to do was ask. Yeah. And and he was working instead of resting in the love that the father had for him. Well, and I think about something you said um, a few minutes ago. You're talking about relationship and fellowship. You know, how do we rest in him? How do we know his heart? That's through a fellowship with him. Yeah. You know, and so I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about, okay, so like, you know, a fellowship with kids or with spouses, you know, we've got a relationship. I've got the paper to prove, you know, the relationship is husband and wife. Yeah. But the fellowship causes me to be able to come up to you some days and just sit in your lap and just rest in you, knowing that you're there to comfort me or to make me laugh after a long day or to just hold me when I'm tired. Yeah. It's that fellowship that I know I can come to you and I can rest with you. Yes. And it's the same way with God is you know the only time that we don't think we can rest in him is when we don't have that fellowship. You know because we don't know him. A yes, relationship right. says I know who he is to me, but a fellowship says I know him. Yes. And that's the difference. When we know God, when we know how good he is, we can truly sit with him the way it says in Ephesians 2, 6. We've been made to sit with him in heavenly places. He wants us to sit, to fellowship, to dine, to rest in him. And something I had written down that I thought was great is, you know, how well we sit with him determines how well we can stand in this world. Yeah. When we're in this world, we are able to stand in strength because we are able to sit with him. If we can't sit with him, we will fall in this world every time. But it all comes back to that fellowship. You've got to have that fellowship. Say that again, how well you... How well you sit with God determines how well you can stand in this world. Amen. So in other words, how well we rest... How well we rest in in him. him... Yep, and in yeah. who we are in him. How Amen. well you rest in who you are in Christ yeah. determines how you will stand in this world. Yeah. Because if you can't rest in your identity in him, that's that's the problem. Is so many times we look at us, we don't look at our identity in him. Yeah. You know, so we, we look at us and we try to do all the work, and that's pride. Yeah. And we fall in this world because we've looked at ourselves. We've tried to be Moses and hold the bar up ourselves. But when we look at who we are in Christ, when we look at how we rest with him, we are able to stand in this world no matter what. You know, 
and that means I, I want to say this that when we rest in him that doesn't mean that we do nothing right it means that we rest as we're going yeah. we rest as we're being obedient we take rest in that I will continue to be about my father's business uh, while he's handling the issues mm -hmm. I will focus in other words I will seek first Resting is seeking first the kingdom yeah. and his righteousness. That means that I'm following the obedience of what he's already given me and what anything he may bring to me, but I'm not toiling over an answer or carrying the care or the anxiety of it. I'm resting, taking my spiritual rest in him everywhere that I mm -hmm. go. You know, Resting is being the vessel yeah. He's the engine that gets you there. Well, some people have taken that kind of rest. They hear people talking about rest, and they say, well, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to sit home. Yeah. But that actually contradicts other parts of the Word that tell us that we need, Not you know, he who doesn't, doesn't work doesn't eat. Yeah. In other words, there's other parts that talk about that too. You're actually trying to take a part of God and throw that piece away while you rest. No, it's going to match up. Mm -hmm. In other words, our rest is that I'm not in uh, anxiety over this. Not I just care. continue being obedient to what yeah. he's told me to do. And sometimes sometimes that's putting some of the stuff that we're doing on hold, but sometimes resting in him is saying keep going while it feels like I'm getting nowhere. Yeah. You know, you just keep going and rest in him and watch him lay this stuff out in front of you and it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, that rest can mean different things, but the biggest thing it does is it, it relieves you. When you are at rest, you are relieved of the pressure mm -hmm. of the world in your life. Um, this uh, verse, I didn't know where it was going to come up, but right here in Psalms 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. So it's vanity. This is pride for a watchman to watch the city if God's not watching it with them. It's, it's pride for somebody to try to build a house if God doesn't want that house built or he wants it built a different way. It's pride to go about it on our own and not include God. And then it says it's vain or it's vanity. It's prideful for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. In other words, what he's saying is, this is pride for us to think, and in the context of this, this is pride for us to think that we're going to work hard and make it happen whether or not God's with us or not. The context is, I need God with me, and that's where my restful place comes in, when I am walking alongside God, not veering off the path of God. My rest is taking up in him so as I abide in him and in the shelter of the Almighty then I find my fortress I find my protection I find my rest and even in that place and he's talking about physical sleep and I believe taking our spiritual rest here mm -hmm. he says I give the people that I love which he loves every person but he gives to his beloved even in their sleep or even in their rest
rest. In other words, in my spiritual rest and even literally in my physical rest, when I go to bed at night, I believe that God is increasing me, increasing you, increasing you listening or watching. I believe that God is increasing you even when you go to sleep. So one of the great things that you can do, I love doing this, is go to sleep and say, like, Lord, I just thank you for this day, and I just, I just praise you for it. I just read a verse that said, in my thankfulness, I proclaim the wonders that mm. you want to do. And uh, I turned across it a second ago. But even, Lord, I just thank you for this day. And as I even rest, while I'm doing nothing but allowing my physical energy to be replenished, and I'm taking rest, you are adding to me. Yeah. What a great God you are. That's awesome. That's how much he loves us. So. Well, and I think about, you know, we use this verse a lot at church, but 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, but thanks be to God yes. who always leads us yes. to triumph. It doesn't say just in the daytime or just when you're working That's or just right. this or just that. It says he is always leading you to triumph. Always. So that's where you're resting. Yes. It's knowing I'm going to do what God's told me to do, but not in my strength. I'm going to do it according to his leading and his yes. guidance because he is always leading me to triumph. Yeah. So Amen. you may be doing, but you're doing while resting in his abilities and his wisdom and yes. his knowledge, knowing that it's him leading you to triumph. Yes. Amen. So you can rest in knowing no matter what I do, where I go, what I say, when it's led by him, yeah. I'm resting because I know it's getting me somewhere good. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, you had, you had written um, down this. You said how well we sit with God determines mm-hmm. how we'll stand. You also talked about falling from grace. Will you read those? Yeah. What I wrote was to fall from grace is to, ste- is to cease seeing God, to stop seeing God as your source and seeing yourself as your source so you know grace is god's provision for you it is through god's provision for you that you have all sufficiency for all things um and so to fall from grace is basically to say i'm going to stop trusting in god's provision for me i'm going to stop resting in him and i'm going to take that care on myself i'm going to stop resting Mm. in who he is and I'm going to take on that care for myself. Yeah. It's not that grace isn't there for the taking, but it's I'm going to stop trusting in his grace, and I'm going to start trusting in myself. Yeah. We talked about from the beginning of this series is that the Lord wants to partner with humanity, with humankind. And in that partnership, uh, it really begins as he supplies grace, mm-hmm. and grace makes uh, provision available in whatever area and we partner with him by applying faith towards the grace that has been provided and so our job is to by faith reach out and grab a hold of that grace so if we are not applying faith then we are not grabbing a hold of that grace we are falling from grace even though it's available yeah right yeah you know, a lot of people if they never accept Christ that grace of eternal life 
if they never accept Christ, then they have literally walked a life fallen from grace outside, not grabbing it. But it's not just eternal life. It can be provision. It can mm -hmm. be health and healing. It can be uh, deliverance. It can be restoration and protection. It can be any of those things where grace has been paid for through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we did not reach by faith and grab a hold of that grace. It's just sitting on the shelf yep. there. And we didn't, and rest we didn't take in it. it. Yeah. And then so many times, and we've heard this as, as pastors, you know, we hear people bitter. Yeah. Well, I don't know why God didn't do this for me. And the problem wasn't that God didn't do it. The problem was they didn't reach out in faith and take that provision. Because a lot of them just didn't know. Yeah. 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 But the um, what I had down on bitterness was, you know, the root of all bitterness is self-centeredness. And that's an ouch, <laughs> you know, but... We've never been there. No. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> you know, but we've looked to ourselves as, you know, the center of the world or the center of our provision, but we've put ourselves in the center instead of putting God in the center. Mm -hmm. And, you know... When God is in the center, he's your everything. He's around. That's he is right. He is there in the center of everything, touching every part of your life, able to work in every part yes. of your life, able to provide in every part of your life. But when you remove him from the center and you put yourself there, you can only do what's in your ability to do. Yep. And your and strength will always And then you get mad at wait. God for not quote-unquote, being there. Right. But you're when the, he was yeah. there, you're the one who removed him, and then you get bitter. Right, or failed to put him there. Yeah. You know, it's a free gift that we get to choose. If you've heard if you've heard the gospel of Christ, if you've heard just that Jesus was the Son of God, that he came and died for you, it's your job to receive that free gift. That's true. He's yep. already died for you. He's already provided everything that you need. That gift is sitting right here for you. It's your job to pick it up, though, and unwrap that gift. He can't do it all for you. Yes. You know, but when you receive that free gift, you put him in the center of your life. Yes. Then he is able to do all things yeah. for you. Amen. And that's how you defeat bitterness. It's a, you know, it's a good test. If I'm bitter, where am I? Yeah. You know, if I'm bitter, if I'm offended at something, then I've put myself in a wrong place somewhere. Yeah. And I've stopped having God where he needs to be. Yep. So some of the, well, before we, I want to kind of give a list of, these are ways to stay out of a fallen state of grace. Mm -hmm. These are ways that we can stay in the grace of God. But before we get to that list, I know that one of the things about bitterness is you, you wrote down, you can't get offended if you're not in the center. Yeah. So how does that work? Well, if you're, the example that we were talking about earlier was um, in marriage. Yeah. If a wife. The, oh, yeah. If a wife. That's a good point. Has gotten bitter or offended, it's because she's put herself at the center of that marriage. Well, Brian didn't provide this for me, you know. Brian didn't do this, or Brian didn't do that. You know, my spouse didn't do this, my spouse didn't do that. And I'm offended because he didn't provide my needs. Right. Well, there's two problems there. One, your spouse is not nor never will be your source. That's right. 
And two, you are not the center of that marriage and never should be. That's right. Christ should always be the center of that marriage. We diagram when we're talking, um, doing marriage counseling, we do a, a triangle. God is always the top center of that marriage. Yes. You're down here at the corners. As you grow closer and closer to the, to the center, to the top with God, you grow closer and closer to your spouse. So Amen. if you're offended, you've put yourself in the center there and you're expecting your spouse to be something they were never designed to be. Yes. And you're not the center of that marriage. What um, we had talked about earlier was um, something I'd heard preached was my business is not how well my husband is treating me. My business is how well I'm treating him. And my business is how well I'm right. treating you. His yeah. business is how well he's treating me. That's right. I can't change my spouse. I can only change me. So what I need to focus on is wisdom from God to be the best wife I can possibly be. And if I'm doing that as a wife and he's doing that as a husband, then both of us are being the best possible spouse That's right. we can be. That's right. And we will not get offended because we're not focused on self. We're focused on our spouse. Yep. And then you have a marriage, or you, you can apply this to any relationship. Yeah, boss, you have worker, a relation. Child. Yeah, every every relationship. You have a relationship that is based on love, mm -hmm. giving to each other, unconditional giving to each other, and you have a relationship that is then based on God. Yeah. That's the power source. That's the place where you don't get offended. That's the place where you don't get bitter. That's the place where grace can reign. And man, that honestly, that's what most marriages need is they just need grace to reign yeah. in that place. And so, you know, just in, in looking at all that we've talked at, how can we stay in the place of grace? Well, uh, we can stay in the place of grace by making sure that God is in the center. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say in marriages, let me add this too, and you kind of said this, but I'd, I want to go back and, and reiterate it is, I don't need to be in the center of the marriage. Right. And I don't need to put my spouse in the center That's of right. the marriage. We both need to put God in the That's center right. of that marriage. And uh, that is a big, big key. I don't need my children in the center of Absolutely. that marriage. I don't need grandchildren in the center of that marriage. None of those are ever going to be my source. What I need in the center is the one who will keep me centered. And putting them in the center is not loving them. No, that's right. That's a good so point. So many people think, well, I love my kids. My kids are first and foremost. I yeah. love them. I put them on this pedestal at the center of my world. Yep. They will fall. Yes. And you will be the one that has caused them to do that because you have put them in a place they were never designed to be. Yep. If you put Christ as their head, be it your spouse, your kids, your friends, your grandkids, whatever, if Christ is always top and center, then Christ yes. is always able to pour blessings down yes. on them. Amen. If you think about it this way, in order to get the power to flow, you need to have the strongest power in right. the center. They, you need right. to have them in their position. Uh, if you took uh, a plug and you were trying to operate a vacuum cleaner and you unplugged it from the wall, what you would be doing is you would be unplugging from that power source. Mm -hmm. You need the strongest power source in the center of your life, in the center of your relationships, in the center of everything that you're doing. And so if you put anything else there that is not the power source, which is God and is love, then you're going to be off and you're going to be missing. Yes. You're never going to be able to take rest because you are relying 
relying on yourself. Mm -hmm. You are relying on something other than God. You need him at the center. Yeah. And so in order to stay in the place of grace, just a quick and a short list is we want to stay in that place. One of the first things is you want to keep God at the center. Outside of God being at the center, you are not going to be in the place of grace. Uh, you, want, you want to stay in rest. Mm -hmm. If you are not in rest, if you're not resting and casting your cares on him, uh, then you are not going to be operating in grace. You want to uh, stay in the place of faith. Yes. In other words, uh, grace can be available, but faith not take hold of it, and you're not going to have grace manifest in your life. Another thing is you got to know what grace has provided. That means you know the promises of God. If you don't know the promises of God, how are you going to know to apply faith? Um, is there anything else that you can think of? Well, one thing I had written down was humility. you got to stay in a place yes. of humility. Humility lays you at the feet of grace. Yes. Humility yes. is not putting yourself up here, but it's putting yourself in the position yes. to receive God's grace. And I will throw this in as a last point is uh, understand you need knowledge of God. You need to grow in your knowledge of God's spirit of wisdom and revelation. And in part of that knowledge of God, one of the things that you're doing is this. You are understanding the gift of righteousness that Jesus has given to you. You are not operating and you never will be able to operate in full grace without understanding that Jesus gave you the gift of righteousness. Yes. When you understand that you're not operating on your righteousness, you're operating on the righteousness of Christ, you'll understand how grace works and what grace has done. So we really hope that you've enjoyed this series uh, called Grace Makes. Trust Jesus today and by faith reach out and grab a hold of that yeah. grace for yourself. He loves you. His love is greater than your problems. He wants to show you today. Have a great day. Thank you for joining Connect. Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole for this week's broadcast. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus, where you can find true joy and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org. We love you. Have a great week.